Hey everyone, welcome to Zonan Canada. I'm your host, Jesse Betteridge. Uh, this is episode 25, so I guess it's kind of a, a milestone. Uh, joining me this time around uh, is nerdcore rapper Ultra Kleistron and all but co-host of this show, Carl Olson. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is unfair to call me a co-host. It is, you are, you are all to call me a rapper. For, <laughs> for <laughs> legal purposes, you are all but co-host of the show. Yeah. For, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's all like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna give me the old streamline pictures did to Jerry Beck and I'll have like you'll have me sign a bunch of documents so I'm not liable for anything and then when you screw up royally I'm not liable for anything. Hey, as long as you're on board, it's it's all good. <laughs> also joining us uh, back on the show, who's he's been on a couple times before, uh, LA-based animation storyboarder uh, Corey Barnes. Hey all. Um... Carl, an episode director and shit, and a bunch of other shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess your, your credentials have expanded since the last time you were. Uh, well, last time I was on, I was working on Family Guy, so it's expanded by, well, technically two, but okay. For, for all all people know, one. Um, did you just call Jesse Carl Masick? <laughs> I, I may have implied that Jesse is secretly Carl Masick, <laughs> and thus holding holding back Macross from the rest of North America. It was cruel. That's a that's a sick burn. <laughs> that's a that's a, a burn for all you weebs out there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. So, uh, Corey, before we get started, um, recently, uh, the last the last couple of ADHD shows, uh, Lucas Brothers Moving Company and Major Laser, uh, started airing on Teletoon. Um, and you worked on both of those shows to some extent. Uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 I was uh, pretty heavily involved in Lucas Brothers. Um. Both uh, made it ADHD Friends Night. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Fox ADHD. They are no longer around. Uh, they're actually uh, that building is now where they're making Danger and Eggs, a uh, new Amazon animated series. Ah, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, the YouTube channel they did now lives on through uh, something called AOK, which is the same writers and one of the producers. So if you like uh, scientifically accurate Spider-Man and stuff like that, you can go to uh, the YouTube channel AOK. And see similar shorts there by the same people. Can I, um, can I but, see your Zizzy short? Oh well, that'll be on the Fox ADHD channel forever. Um, oh, fantastic! Fox, Fox uh, owns all of the content on that YouTube channel, so they can't take it with them, unfortunately. Oh. Um, so that might mean no more scientifically accurate stuff. They're, unless they're, 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 the anime parodies are totally on point. <laughs> oh, like uh, Schoolgirl Crush. Yeah, yeah, that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I never worked on the shorts, but I did uh, work on, uh, I was a storyboard director on a few episodes of Lucas Brothers, including, uh, um, have they aired season two yet? No, they're going to, they're they're airing it like four nights a week. Uh, oh, so shortly, probably. Yeah, so they'll get to okay. it. And, okay. Major well, Lazer is almost done. Oh, yeah, that's a much shorter show. Yeah. Um, but Lucas Brothers, I was board director on the Will Smith episode. Um, I uh, uh, was on the... Uh, because I did additional boards on a bunch of other episodes, but I was board director also for a few season two episodes, like the uh, the one where they have to go rescue Steve Urkel from the mind of Jaleel White. Uh, I was uh, also board director on, uh, uh, it's called 420 Matrix. It's basically, Daft uh, recently saw the movie Lucy and uh, inspired them to make uh, an episode where the brothers... Uh, stop smoking weed and it increases their intelligence 
Uh, <laughs> like they can they can see far away and read minds. And at one point, one of the brothers uh, uses his mind to binge watch all of Martin. <laughs> God damn! You're, you're spoiling I'm all this stuff for, for Canada, Corey. <laughs> it's I, I'm, not, I'm summarizing. I don't tell you how they end, no, okay. but. Yeah. Uh, no, they're good episodes. Check them out. Um, Major Laser, I was a board revisionist on a couple episodes. I actually lobbied pretty hard to at least get to direct an episode. Uh, that never happened though, because they kept putting it off and putting it off. And then I got another job and had to go, I had to leave ADHD for a while. But, uh, I worked on, uh, I can't remember the titles too well, but I think, I think one of those called Escape from Rave Island. It, it's 102 production wise. It's the one where they go to Ibiza and, uh, party on it. At, and this is like long after there was a previous rave on the island where the foam machine, it's kind of like Pompeii, the foam <laughs> machine, but, uh, uh, over, overpowers and, and, uh, the island becomes covered in foam and all the residents of the island are now like, encrusted in like fossilized in party foam <laughs> the, the, the great thing yeah. about major laser is that raving and beats always seem to have these like extremely large-scale global consequences yeah the fact that uh that the president of jamaica is the most powerful man in the world in that show <laughs> that is, is, fantastic. Uh, is an idea that i i fell in love with immediately but uh yeah i that i think that show had a lot of potential but i think uh Money wise, they'd kind of bit off more than they could chew, and I think production could have been handled a little better. But um, it, it, yeah, has, it, it of, has that look of not ha- quite having the budget to pull off uh, what they wanted to do. That uh, seems to be I, on a lot of ADHD. But uh, I, you know, it's it's a bit of a mess. But I think a really interesting. Mess. Yeah, that's, I define a lot of ADHD shows like that, like <laughs> lots of ambition and not a lot of money. Major Laser and Lucas Brothers are they still in production? I mean, everything everything I've read seems to indicate that. They haven't been canceled. They're no. just kind of in no. limbo right now. When and uh, when Fox ADHD shut down, everything shut down with it. So okay. everything. So also over. Axe Cop. Yep. Ah. See, yeah, I was under show. the impression that there was there was at least some of more of this, but uh. Um, no, it's um. I've been gone from that studio for about a year and a half, and that was roughly the time when uh they were winding down on everything. Uh, they actually did have another show they were working on but i don't know if they ever finished it or wanted to air it it was they didn't get into much detail but it was announced it's the co-production with studio dean uh that uh (laughs) oh right uh, that thing (laughs) yeah you know nothing came of that like that's what that was but like i know that that was like a big deal for like two minutes yeah it was (laughs) there were bits and pieces that i knew about it but i don't know whatever truly happened to it it can show up in some sort of lost anime panel 15 years from now, little oh, scraps. Yeah. Mike can do a panel about it or something, yeah. <laughs> Anybody has that pilot, we're just saying right now, send it over to Mike Tool so he can see this at next year's Otakon. <laughs> Moving on to our main topic. Um, so with streaming, there's been a lot of changes going on lately that have kind of ironically given us less to talk about on this show. Uh, like, you can watch Sailor Moon now and... Amazon seems to be just around the corner. So when you, when you oh, can't really com- when you can't complain about those things, it it, 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 it kind of takes the wind I, out of your sails when you're. I feel like we can complain about Amazon until they're actually here. Like we can just agitate well, about that. But it does now, now. I can complain about Amazon. Yeah, we're now we're we're in, we're in, we're in the, the same boat, boat there. <laughs> 
Yeah, but but anyway, um, Crunchyroll tried an interesting little experiment uh, this past week uh, because, of course, all of us have been constantly checking and rechecking 538.com um, in with bated breath to see what the polls are currently saying about the the upcoming U.S. election. Um, they tried to latch on to that uh, that kind of thing um, and trying something similar, only with what anime is most popular in in each region. Um, so at first they posted of the, a, of, of the current season of the current of the, clear, of the yeah. current season. So they posted this map of the United States. Uh, you can uh, easily look it up on their their blog. I'll include a, a link to it on mm-hmm. this podcast and in the social media and stuff. Um, if you type Crunchyroll map into Google, you'll actually see some of them pop right up. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So they they did sort of this electoral map of the United States, showing which show which new shows of this season are most popular in in each state um it got like a huge response um because it's you know some pretty interesting results and it's a lot of fun um and then they start they did one for canada as well and they they've since done one for australia i think um i think they're working on one for uk and ireland right now um of course you're as they get into more more regions like that it's going to be harder to clear everything so it's going to take a little longer but mm-hmm. um but yeah it's these maps are, are a lot of fun and a lot uh have a lot of things to to compare on them um and probably the most notable thing, really, is how different each of these maps are. Uh, it seems yeah. kind of obvious that, you know, it's not all going to be the same, but, you know, as a San Francisco-based uh, tech company, Crunchyroll has, you know, been kind of been... Their, their their methods sort of pushed towards homogenization of the global market more than anything, so it was kind of refreshing to see them do this that sort of expose all these, these little cultural differences that come up in different countries. Um... So just a uh, just to to specify what what this all refers to, uh, or, or to specify what these stats actually kind of mean, uh, they don't include ongoing shows, anything from previous seasons or any ongoing shows. So actually, yes, they do. Well, yes, it's Gundam. If Gundam it's the second a, season, it's if it's a new season that started uh, this season separately, I guess. Yeah. So well, like like. Okay. Gundam IBO season two is its own season. Haikyuu so split cores count. Split cores count, but anything yeah. from the previous season count, which I guess is now that I think about it, is kind of a, a, a kind of arbitrary. But uh, mm-hmm. in any case, that's the rules they've set, um, and it doesn't uh, include shows that Crunchyroll does not have the rights to in a specific. Um, notably, in the, yeah, notably in the Australia map, uh, they don't have the rights to stream Drifters there, which really kind of skews the results when you compare it, especially to to the U.S. Um, but yeah, the results were very different, uh, between Canada and the U.S. And, uh, I, you know what, let's just start with the low-hanging fruit. Um, when you compare, when you look at the U.S. and Canada maps, probably the first thing that's gonna stand out to you is the fact that, uh, Kiss Him Not Me is the most popular (laughs) new streaming show in Nunavut. Yeah. Baffin (laughs) Island's going nuts for Kiss Him Not Me. All one otaku there, huge <laughs> comedy fan. Um, I, you know, just for our, our, our few American listeners, just to clarify, remember this is like the northernmost province. It's like I think it's, I mean, it is actual province. It's not a it's territory. A, it, is a territory. Is it? it is a territory. It is a territory. Oh, it's a territory. Yeah. So, okay. so, so to be clear, it doesn't even have enough people to count as the American equivalent of a state. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yet, yeah. They love when, when I was in elementary Hockey. school, there was no such territory yet. Yeah, no, yep. same. Yeah, it's, We're all old, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it is, none of it is the least populated area of Canada. It's mostly composed of somewhat isolated communities, 
and very small cities. So you had to you had to remember that when you look at the number of people who live in Nunavut, the number of those people who are anime fans, the number of those anime fans who watch their shows legally, and the number of those people who don't just watch Naruto, because I'm pretty sure Naruto is actually the number one show in probably almost every shown here, but of course it's discounted mm-hmm. because of the, the, the rules they've set up. So yeah, simulcast, hot fall simulcast is yeah. Kiss Him Not Me. Kiss Him Not Me. Uh, even though this, it, it, this could very well just be like a, a small group of friends who are watching this when you... Considering how much it, it, it gets narrowed down. Not, not to say that people wouldn't watch anime. None of it. Uh, remote or, or indigenous communities with people who watch anime are totally a thing. In fact, Ian and I were talking about that, um, before recording the previous podcast. It's something I, I'm kind of interested in, in researching more. But I think when you look at maps like these, the areas that have the smallest populations are going to have probably like the, the weirdest results. Um, also similar, similarly in West Australia, uh, Occultic Nine is the top show. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> you, got, you got anything to say about that one, Corey? Um, that show looks gorgeous. It, it feels like animation wise, almost like if feature animation had, wasn't, but it wasn't on like ones, it was on threes and fours oh, because really? the animation is very fluid. But, um, other than that, um, it's from the creator of Steins Gate, which I guess has some obsession with semicolons. Because yeah, there's he loves, he loves him. and chaos head. Yeah, same right. thing. Well, I know why Jesse doesn't is immediately turned off from it, as he told me earlier. Just that one character that has it's the fetish character with the gives gargantuan tits. Uh, yeah, that, like, that's not that's not necessarily the only thing turning me off of it, but it's like <laughs> it's just I look at that, I'm just like that is outside of reason right there. That is that is <laughs> indefensible. That is just that is weird, grotesque fetishy stuff that's just casually dropped into what is ostensibly this I don't want to say mainstream but kind of normal show typically those are not the titles that then have like any sort of service element or at least if it's there it's not distracting yeah that is most certainly distracting <laughs> in this show yeah the main character is a uh, a, a proud neat he's uh, a blogger who hopes to uh, someday make a living off uh, click-throughs to his uh, blog which I think is uh I'm trying to remember that Kuri Kuri Basara, like it's about these it's about these nine characters who are all like linked together via the, this blog. I kind of still don't know what the show's about. It's playing it so <laughs> very close to the chest. It's it seems like you're not gonna get payoff until like the end of the season. Everything uh, I've heard uh, indicates that it like the first couple of episodes have just been incomprehensible. Uh, I don't know if mm-hmm. that was your assessment of it. No, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guy just puts a semicolon in everything because it worked the first time. Yep. <laughs> and, the sec- and especially the second time. Yes, it's much better the second time for me. <laughs> I guess, Carl, you had some thoughts on, on Kiss Him, Not Me. Oh, it's a it's a great show. It's a really solid adaptation. Um, it knows when to cheat. It knows when to just throw literally every flourish and an um, ounce of shading at the screen for maximum uh, shoujo manga effect. Um no, it's just it's just uh, it's 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 one of these great shoujo reverse harems in the tradition of Oran or Fruits Basket. It's just a, just a delight to watch, and of course, it also has the advantage of being like it is about a Fujoshi, and it just fucking revels in it. It's it hams it up all the way through, and it is fun because of that, at least to me. Yeah, I saw the I watched the first couple episodes of of this one, and you you point you you talk about it as a like a reverse harem like those other shows uh, that, that came before it. And I think that 
What kind of makes this weird as a reverse harem show is the fact that the guys are really not interesting or kind of notable, at least with the way they've been introduced so far. They were kind of all introduced at the same time in the the first episode with no real room to to establish their personalities or or and, and likable that, and traits or anything. Because I, and I think that's where because I watched the or have read the manga and keeping up with the manga, like I can deal with that because. I'm sure at a subliminal level, I know that's coming. Yeah, I'm sure so right that now it, I'm just enjoying that. I oh, I'm seeing these people who I already know more about than I am seeing. Uh, it's going to get fleshed out later on, and I think they made some intentional pacing choices so that they could um, bring in as many people uh, as they could in a shot. I mean, the original comic does that a bit, but even some of the later introductions, they've clearly edged forward so that they can then do what are probably going to be some backstory, you know, flesh out those people episodes, and then like. Um, I'll be, I'll be curious to see sort of how far along they get in this, because the arc that they're in the middle of right now would probably be a good place to to, to have as your season finale. But there's other places in the show that could be a good stop or in the comic that could be a good stopping place for the show. So I'll be very curious to see how they decide to pace it. But so far, I think it's just been a really enjoyable watch. Like I thought, like, well, I might watch this in the second I got through the first episode. I'm like. If it weren't already late, I'd be just marathoning right, right now. And really, the next day, I got home from work and just finished, like, caught up like that. So, so <laughs> here's the thing. It's just that usually in these types of shows, the main, the main character is kind of a self-insert kind of uh, no, when I bland think character. Kind of Here, also... the main character is significantly more interesting than these these guys that are all, uh, that are all after her. Um, no, I think that's very intentional, though. Like, it's a bit like that in the comic where she's actually the one with depth. Um, which, to be fair, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily without precedent. Like, I think Oron benefited a lot from how much more well, depth Haruhi had up front. I don't know. Like, the main character is, on one hand, they, like, the Fujoshi aspect is, is really entertaining. I think my favorite part of it is actually, like, her, uh, her lusting expression that she whenever she's fantasizing about uh, about uh, either BL or fantasizing her friends or the people that she knows in BL scenarios that is really she's funny. The, the trashiest of Fujoshi, yeah, she's, and, and they play it to the hilt. But I mean, there there have been other titles that have done that and for sure d- done it a little better. You know, the other thing about the show is that it has that whole sort of self hating aspect of it. Uh, when she starts out really fat in the first episode, and I think one of the big controversial things of people I follow on Twitter was that they actually gave her a fat voice, which is which is a little <laughs> distasteful. I mean, that's kind of that's irrelevant little, after the first episode. Um, it's a little ridiculous. Well, or is it? Or okay, I guess I guess, I guess not. Uh, I've only I've only seen I've only seen two. So yeah, uh, no, I, I mean there is an aspect to that where it's a, that that's maybe a bit much, but I don't know. I think it. In a weird way, though, it's like I think it fills in a gap that I'm sure a lot of people in there reading the manga were somehow magically didn't realize they were filling in that gap either. They were filling in like different voices when they were reading it. I, you know, I'm not sure if I would necessarily look to it as a, a progressive title necessarily oh, either. It's absolute, a comedy. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Yeah, not. it's 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 a comedy. It's not. I don't think you should like. It's not the comedy should necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily trying to punch at anybody either. Um, and if any, if anything, is mostly self-deprecating. Which is, I feel okay. <laughs> uh, well, it depends. Depends how you look at it. I mean, if you can accept its sort of the, the ridiculous level it takes it to, it's it's harmless. But yeah. I mean, some people could read it in a, in, a, in a really negative way. Um, I think it. I I find it entertaining. Um, I mean, I have I I certainly find less tasteful things entertaining as well. 
Yeah, um, we've watched stuff way, 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 way less. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, I'm not talking about, by the way, I feel like we, you know, it, it's good for us to talk about what we're watching this season, but also that, uh, back to those maps real quick, it's no Keijo. <laughs> oh, Keijo, no. uh, like, talk about, remarkably talk absent about the, from the Canadian map, uh, but yeah. very prominent in the U.S. map. Yeah, especially um, in the South. <laughs> when, and, no, that's like, that's like that always that thing though, where it's all like, you look, it's like when Pornhub releases their, their, their maps of common search terms, and it's always the most, like, whatever, whatever the thing the area would rail against the most, that's the most popular search. Uh, <laughs> it's just the one thing everyone watches and no one wants to admit. Yeah. The South, the South uh, is crazy about drifters as well. New York State, uh, is also one of the top KJOs, which, uh, I, I did not expect. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. even sure, quite sure how to play how to place that. Uh, I would not have, I would I also would not have called Izetta for Texas. <laughs> That's a weird one for sure. Yeah, rural, rural well Texas is pretty populated, but then you, you get like to the uh, like Montana and Idaho. Yeah, I feel like Izetta, which uh, that's another show I watched. Uh, yeah, and, I saw uh, I watched the first episode of that. If uh, for people who haven't seen it, it's uh, this season's like. Uh, Takes pl- show that takes place in like the early 20th century type show, but throw some magic in. Um, I'm, I'm a bit. Uh, it it wasn't bad. Um, I, I watched the first episode and I thought it was I thought it was all right. But what kept bothering me was how you know this is clearly World War II era, but for some reason they didn't want to fully commit to the to the uh, the countries and they came up with like. They went halvesies on some countries and suddenly renamed some other countries and um, yeah, and made like, others like like uh, 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 what Nelson Muntz uh, thinks is Germany. Germania <laughs> is uh, <laughs> that that is and like such a weird kind of you know that they made a very bizarre compromise a production committee like that. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean the in-universe explanation will be, but magic so different history. That we know that the real thing is, is like, well, we can't just say the word. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Well, what would you use? Yeah, the the animation quality was great on the show, and I guess if you like historical or alternate historical stuff, it 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 does deliver in in that area. What has been most interesting about it is that is following the discussion about it, um, mm-hmm. because this show is co-created by apparently the same guy who created or. I'm not sure if it was the creator or director of uh, Quasar of Stigmata, which is, of course, the uh, the breast milk show from, <laughs> from a few years ago. I like, how, I like how it's like you can't. There's no there's no sugarcoating it. Yeah, I, it's like yeah, that show. People have been like in anticipation of just seeing how skeevy it's going to get, or counting down to when all this sort of subtextual pervertedness is going to emerge. Uh, apparently, it took four episodes uh, from, <laughs> from from what I've been reading. Um, which, you know, if it had, if, I feel that if they had just been upfront with that kind of thing in the show right from the beginning, it would have been better or easier to swallow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird shifting gears between like Maria Sama Gamitaru into Seiko no Quasar. Like you can't, <laughs> it's a lot, it's a big gear that's shift inter- to that's make That's an right interesting there. comparison there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, there is the, well, I mean, it is the soft shoujo eye, really not Yuri title into like the just straight fan service exploitation. And, and I haven't heard Izetta being like quasar lewd, but if that potential is there, like that's a weird gear to shift, especially because it's like, it's not like having it in a world war to AU setting means that you have to somehow play it safe until you get people 
chill. Like Strike Witches kind of broke a lot of ground on that for better or worse. And it's just, it doesn't give a fuck from square one. So also you can clearly just be nuts from the get-go with AUs. The new Brave Witches show also debuted this season. Thankfully, it did not show, has, it has not shown up on any map yet. <laughs> Would be really weird. It could be really weirded out if Europe's just uh, World War Two AU histories. We're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Europe, the Europe map is really, actually by the time this episode's out, the Europe map probably will be out. But it, it would be funny if it was all just all Azetta and Brave Witch across that network. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, here's the thing with Keijo, which is unbelievably upfront about it, shameless. Just, it's yeah. it's shameless salaciousness. because uh, this yeah. is of course the show where girls balance themselves over a pool and try to knock each other using their knock each other off using their butts um it's the ass fighting the ass fighting show let's just cut to the chase here like the show does (laughs) but like people are very openly embracing it uh probably because it's just so upfront about what it is for i i watched two of them and like the novelty completely wore off for me after two episodes I, i i didn't even get one but i was like at least i could tell that they really had their heart in that one episode they put their heart and soul into into those sequences let me tell you the crunchyroll map of the u.s doesn't uh have this in its key but uh the biggest anime in arkansas is uh bungo stray dogs season two yeah that's huh. that's the lone uh bungo stray dogs uh yeah uh presence right there i've yeah, never watched uh, any of that show but i've heard <laughs> something slightly south of uh of uh well lone 48 contiguous state states uh lone haiku in uh illinois because it's also uh, big in D.C. and Hawaii, huh. but only those. Meanwhile, Haiku like do it, like, taking on some provinces here. Like we got the thing. The thing to remember about this map also is that uh, chances are a show that's not well represented in one area um, is could be the second or third top show in, True. in in other areas as well. So that's not to say that Haiku oh, yeah. isn't popular in the U.S. But I think one of the things that really stands out on on here is that in british columbia alberta and ontario arguably the three most important provinces when it comes to anime fandom because they're home to four of the five biggest conventions um in the country haikyuu is just totally dominates in in all of those areas um (laughs) that is a stark contrast to the u.s where drifters seems to be the show that dominates in the important markets down there which are you know typically washington and California. Um, well, so, and also, and also on a lot of the East Coast. A lot of the East Coast. Yeah, major, major yeah. It's cons. got it's got Florida. It's got the Carolinas. Um, although, it, it, you know, Keijo just uh, took New York by storm. I, I would have expected uh, um, New York to also uh, have been drifters because you know those the Washington, California, New York. Those are kind of the states where you get the um, the heart of anime fandom in in the United yeah. States, um, well, uh, especially on the funny, West Coast. Funny you say that, because, like, uh, other important anime markets, like Massachusetts, also Keijo country. Oh, yeah. uh, Georgia, also Keijo. And, uh, so uh, Keijo for Adult Swim confirmed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yep. They're going to run it uh, uh, Sundays at uh, 4 a.m. because uh, they don't want to put it anywhere else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It would be something different. That's um, I, what, I, what I also uh, like is that Yuri on Ice has a, has a surprising rural representation or, or like representation in what uh, if we're going back to the 538 maps, usually very red states. You know, Utah. Yeah, it's big in the know, Midwest. Good old, good old Mormon Utah repping that uh, 
repping that Erie on ice. Uh, Kansas? No, Kansas is. Yeah, Kansas. Yeah, Except the Erie on ice. <laughs> I, I will. Have, have you guys had a chance to check out Erie on ice? Yes. This. <laughs> I, I need. I because I know the because I know me and I know the second I watch it, I gotta watch like all of it. And it's like I, my my binge watch this week being back fresh from being in Japan where uh, pro tip, everybody, you'll virtually never see anime on TV because it's oh, yeah. all running at like garbage hours on channels. Your hotel or Yokan won't have um, you, you just gotta, yeah, no, my, you, my, you my, have to my, know my, the my, schedules. You have to know yeah. the schedules in the region you're in. And even and even that's yeah. like a, a chase. So anyways, yeah, my binge watch was. uh was uh kiss him not me since i was already reading the manga uh mm-hmm. and i made the film like i said i made the fatal mistake of starting just an episode and so i pretty i was like i knew that uh the second i did that binge watch i'm like i'll do the same thing with the on ice later i'll just i'll get to it when i don't have other things to do <laughs> like this podcast <laughs> y- yuri on ice i will say um I I think I for me so far it is probably the best anime series I've seen this year despite the horrendous production problems that have uh emerged in episode 4 and apparently in episode 5 uh, I haven't watched that yet. I, for watching like the first episode it's just I you see like the amount of clearly the amount of money and work and labor that they're dumping into these figure skating scenes and you just wonder how how the hell can they possibly keep this up and i guess the answer is they can't watching it it seems like they've developed a like specific um approach or algorithm or something for doing the the figure skating sequences they do have a, uh, they've hired a full uh, a full-time uh skating choreographer for yeah that, yeah so. they have and like the the whole approach to it is seems to be really innovative and then yet well integrated um and that holds true even in the low budget episodes but Man, yeah, they're they're taking a big hit. Apparently, there's there was a discrepancy where uh, the version of episode four that ran and episode five probably that ran on Crunchyroll, um, they received that early, like a day earlier than the than the broadcasters in Japan did, and as a result, the bro- the version broadcast in Japan actually had a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of the cuts fixed, um, mm-hmm. which was a remarkable. That, that, that makes sense because like you know they, in Japan they can just turn anything in by the skin of their teeth as long yeah. as it gets to the the uh, network in time but like you know with with streamers then they actually need time to give it to a translator so that that person can translate it into english or other and coding and all this other shit on top of yeah, it exactly exactly put in the metadata yeah the, the subtitles etc this kind of situation makes me almost wish that you know crunchyroll would 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 just wait a day and to get the better masters if uh if that's well, what they have to do i do hope that they're else in a position I mean, I know it's a bit different when they have these Blu-ray redos, and it's a little harder for them to somehow get those materials. But um, it would be really great if they could at least, you know, fill in the gaps and get the what, what ultimately broadcasts, uh, especially for titles that have that aren't just like adding fan service um, between, you know, terrestrial and satellite, but really fixing broken shit like we have with Yuri on Ice. Well, here's the thing. I mean, they, they probably have to renegotiate something, and from what I've observed, they never seem to go back and replace a broadcast version with a fixed version later on down the line. Typically, whatever they whatever they show first is kind of what they're stuck with. It, you know, I'm sure that with Yuri on Ice, even even if we're, we get a lot of bad cuts in the, in the coming episodes, um, hopeful, I hope that they take a week off and, and kind of get back on track, if that helps the later half of the series. 
Uh, I'm sure everything's going to look like absolutely gorgeous and perfect when it's out on Blu-ray, uh, because the show is in such capable hands, uh, even if they can't keep up with the broadcast schedule. But the thing is that even if that is all fixed on the Blu-ray, like those really sketchy initial versions, that, that is what is going to stay on Crunchyroll. And, and of course, Crunchyroll broadcasts this, I think they said, everywhere in the world except for Japan and China. Um, so that, like, that is the version they of the show. They will be the definitive that people, version. That right. will be, that will be yeah. the version that the majority of people on Earth watch. Uh, whereas only the few that were sold on it enough to buy the Blu-ray will see, uh, a, or, or a completed version or people who, who watch the broadcast version in Japan. You know, this is, this is one of the problems with streaming is that you're, you're, you can be kind of stuck with, with, uh, with, 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 um, with an imperfect product if, uh, well, if they, it doesn't if, have to be that way. They just aren't. And this gets into me, you know, when I say when I say play a global game as a distributor, this is part of that game. You update your shit, you clean it up. If somebody cri- makes a Criterion version of what you do, that's what you want on your service, you know. And I feel like we've been used to, you know, we've kind of been watching imperfect versions of anime for a while, even into even back to the torrent days, where like, yeah, you know, they they regularly do fix uh, mistakes for physical Before, media. Yeah. yeah, but that's also why like. Uh, like if you watch Attack on Titan, if you watch the version on Hulu, because, uh, they, uh, they simulcasted it, you get the TV version, but if you go to, if you watch it on Netflix, it's the finished physical media version, cause they, they didn't add it until well after it ended. Yeah, and I guess it's the kind of thing where if Crunchyroll is gonna end up with essentially the exclusive streaming rights to something, and in a lot of what, like, I think, you know, they're, uh, now that they've done this whole cut, this whole uh, alliance with Funimation, um, unless the part of the game is is here, is Crunchyroll becomes this essentially the place for anime streaming. And oh shit, if you want the nice version, you're just gonna have to get the DVDs that our partner Funimation released, the Blu-rays. Like I can see that. I really hope that that isn't the that isn't the actual business plan. And I hope that they had the thought hadn't crossed their mind and I've just put it in there because if that's the actual business plan, that is going to, I think, do more damage than good. It, 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 if the whole idea is you're trying to use streaming as a means of choking off piracy, if piracy can magically give you a nicer copy, there will still be a hole for piracy to uh, thrive where otherwise people would have been like, why are you risking all this stuff just for, for this when the same thing's on another service? The second it's not the same thing, there's a problem. I think that Yuri on Ice might be their highest profile show that they've had that is is having like really major animation problems. So, I mean, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe, uh, maybe they will uh, change their way of approaching it. Um, well, or or maybe if they maybe if they're genuinely stuck on it and they can't change it, maybe this will get them to realize it's like we can't afford to have this with future titles. Like they can they can have they can make this they can make this mistake on a high profile thing once. It can't be the pattern, though. If only Japan had enough animators to actually animate all yeah, the shows that are in production <laughs> there right now. Kind of gets to another recent problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, what, 70-plus new anime this season? Yeah. Holy Over shit. 70 shows. Now, this is this is getting back to... Because I remember some of the, the pre-bus is, is seasons were... There's never, there has never been this much action. Oh, yeah, because that was annual. That was annual yeah. when they were talking 100 being unsustainable. Yeah. And we're doing yeah. literally 70% of that over that. Um, and there is, it's not like there's, I don't feel like there's been a proliferation of talent to, to staff that. <laughs> yeah. And, there's certain, and yeah, even if there's a cutback, they're, 
probably not going to magically start paying animators any better than they, they currently are. Um, oh, in the uh, in the American industry, if we if we made like half of what Japan puts out annually, we'd fall apart. We, we, even giving the fact that uh, Japan does a lot more of the process in Japan um, mm-hmm. versus the U.S., which as you as you've noted. Um, in your Twitter and, uh, and in other places, so much of the U.S. process is now being handled overseas, including things that you've done, like episode, uh, like storyboard direction uh, yeah. itself at points being done by animators in Korea and over, uh, other places overseas. Mm-hmm. You're saying basically if the U.S. tried to do 30 new uh, half hour, uh, th- 30 new uh, shows a season, 13 episodes over the course of that chunk, just forget it. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to find enough people who are qualified. We we don't have that animation infrastructure here that Japan has. And, I mean, th- this leads to a whole other discussion about how we view work culture versus how they view work culture. But, um, I mean, anime is essentially... Know, we, we can't do 70 shows a season. We yeah. could, we, I'd be shocked if we could do 40. I mean, a- anime thrives off of essentially exploiting people who are so unbelievably passionate uh, about just the, the work in general that they are often willing to to work for unbelievably low wages and speaking mm-hmm. of the sleazy and exploited uh, exploitative environment that sometimes goes into anime girlish number <laughs> yay you mean holy shirabako but with dicks <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i like i like how they basically it's it, it is it is very much like everybody on that show is just incredibly fucking unlikable like it doesn't matter whether they have cute design or 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 regular dude design just, everybody's just terrible um like it's always sunny in shirabako <laughs> like, that's girlish number it's like everybody's that bad mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah it's hard that's to watch it's actually hard to watch because it's just like you want to just you can't root for anybody. <laughs> the show is very deliberately insidious in the way it presents everything. Because, um, you know, like, the, the Moe designs are always going to be there for marketing purposes, but here it really, it, it seems that they're really kind of uh, gaming that uh, to, to mess with, with viewers and, ter- and turn their expectations and feel really uncomfortable <laughs> with all the um, general incompetence and, uh, and, and egos and negative um, Well, and just negative sheer unbridled scenes. exploitating exploitative commercialism too yeah. like like they're just they're mm-hmm. clearly making this show to make a buck and they and, and really are sort of it's, it, talking down to the audience in a way it's all like the people who make this stuff that you love so much and go to the lives to see in akiabra denden town they fucking hate you they <laughs> hate you and like that's the moral of really the first episode of the show pretty much puts that in no uncertain terms yeah. and then it just doubles down on it with each passing, I did, like I, I, I found the end of the first episode funny. Without they're like they're like we'll combine idols and we'll combine light novels. It's perfect, and yeah. everyone and like the, <laughs> the main character is like, oh, what a stupid idea! And like, and, and you're the main character, and she's immediately in love with, it, of course. Yeah, but her brother is like, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, I like how he's really like the. It's I mean, I think the other thing is is in um in uh Shirobako, like any of the sort of core group of ladies in the show uh, can act as audience inserts, depending on what the audience particularly had is what they would have dreamt they would have done in anime. The audience insert here is the brother who is kind of, he's the guy who's sitting there as sort of the chorus being like, look at these fucking idiots. And (laughs) and the fact that he, at least in as much of the show as I've been able to, to get through without just like 
throwing my phone disgust. <laughs> um he you know he's there basically to like shake his head like he's not there to necessarily drive the plot because this train is is leaving the station with or without him <laughs> i do like when she asks like why did it, why do they make anime they know won't sell and even he's not really sure of that well then i like how it's like that it's it like it is the the biggest lampshading of by the way we know this show's niche mm-hmm. and two the show that they're about to make is why they make anime that won't sell. They don't intend for it to turn out this way. <laughs> but damned if it doesn't sometimes happen. <laughs> that makes me wonder how popular the show is in Japan. I don't think I've heard anything about that. Uh, I, I don't, don't like Shirobako was ex- insanely popular, but I mean, that, yeah. it really not here. Yeah, not not here <laughs> but in Japan. Uh, but I mean, that show obviously sugarcoats a lot of things. Although one thing that I found that that was in I. I noticed was common between the two shows is that the way that they depict uh production committee meetings is almost exactly the same um yeah i like i like how that was one thing they clearly didn't sugarcoat in uh in uh shirobako it's like yeah no the people who are like in the production meetings are dicks like they're also bad people like <laughs> it's like being in a production committee meeting is such a bizarre experience that they just had to recreate like they in shirobako they just had to recreate it and not 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 sugarcoated in any way. Just it has well, to be and there's, seen there's, to be there's, there's nothing to soft sell, but there's also nothing to satirize. It is inherently the joke. <laughs> Girlish number is it, it did not place in any of the map. Also, wh- one other thing to note about that show is that it was actually licensed by Sentai, um, and I think that they it, it lo- at first it looked like it was going to be a anime network exclusive, but then it showed up on Crunchy. Um, in fact, I don't think they have any exclusives uh, this time around. I think that that may that may be a thing of the past at this point. Um, yeah, I don't okay. know what's gonna happen with Anime Network I now suspect- that basically the, the 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 wall has been has been built. Yeah, I, I suspect yeah. I suspect that they'll just keep it going because people are subscribed to it and they don't want to lose that money. But yeah, it's free money, so that <laughs> yeah. as long as people are like, it's gonna become like the anime equivalent of an AOL subscription. People will forget <laughs> it's on their credit cards. Oh shit, I'm still subscribed to Anime Network. T A N, what's that? <laughs> leave it as an abbreviation so it can be like shit that might be some sort of like that might be some sort of fraud prevention service i better keep it yeah um so uh, anyway going back to the map i i think despite the fact that yuri on ice is only in two provinces quebec and, and prince edward island like the most notable thing about it is that it's it's pretty fujoshi dominated um, yeah it's like canada's the fujoshiest country you see the thing about haiku i i i've not watched haiku uh, myself, but like it, it is the big Fujoshi title uh, because obviously Yuri on Ice is is popular with in, in that dimension. But it's sort of a show that has broad appeal and everyone's watching. Whereas Haikyu kind of embraces all those uh, key points for for a Fujoshi hit, mainly in that it is not uh, ostensibly targeted at women at all. It is you know something that has been it's, it's re- re- repurposed. It, it is Shonen Jump. It is a Shonen ah. Jump title, so hmm. it ha- it has that appeal of something that Fujoshi are able to take and repurpose um, as uh, as as something for women, and it, it, yeah, it's definitely something that that crowd is more likely to latch onto and continues to. It also it has the advantage of of uh, come because it comes from a manga. It has this huge lead up. There's a lot of people who like this is the thing they're waiting for. So it's it's definitely going to do. Again, I, I'd be very curious to see how these things average out over the whole season. Versus the first handful of episodes, because it's going to favor the uh, the established so much as 
you know, manga reader, you know, are, are people reading them in the West uh, can establish these things for sure. Well, I forgot uh, one thing earlier. I was saying all the states that are like home to the big anime conventions uh, are uh, are all about them. Some Keijo. Well, this map leaves it off, but uh, Maryland, uh, home of Otakon, also Keijo. Yeah, it's true. But do do most people who go to Otakon live in Maryland though? Ah. <laughs> and to be fair, well, the the last Otakon that was going to be in the Balt in Baltimore with all the great Baltimore delays. Uh, yep. Was just held this year, so now it's now it's about DC, yep. DC High Q, which is very interesting. I can only assume Barack Obama, huge Fudanchi. <laughs> <laughs> He's like trying to get people into to buying Obamacare. He hasn't yet done like some sort of like Tumblr pairing driven sale version for that. Mm. It's wasting time just by doing all these web comedy bits. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am gonna miss Obama. Though. It's interesting that you pointed out that Keijo is popular in the in the anime con states because I mean Drifters uh, is is big in California, which is of course yes. like the Anime Expo, and then uh, Washington, which is SakuraCon. Um, yeah, I've always I've always felt that those markets maybe maybe just because of where where I live, uh, but I, I've always felt that those markets are kind of um, reflect what is most popular in the anime fandom in the U.S. Okay, the thing the thing about Drifters is it's one yeah, of Drifters the, was pretty anticipated. Like you can't always. Sometimes I let the uh, Anna Twitter bubble cloud my perception of of what is actually popular and what is just perceived to be popular. But like I, if someone told me like if Crunchyroll said like Drifters is like one of our top three anime titles this season, including everything even from last season, I'd I'd completely believe them. I'd buy it. Yeah, it's one of those. Well, yeah, it's, one it's, of those it's you know it's got the the Helsing connection and people are huge fans of that. It follows the path of those sort of Adult Swim friendly shows. Obviously, those types yeah. of shows don't, don't always actually get on Adult Swim, but that's that's what people yeah. talk about when they think of shows that are that are engineered for a U.S. audience. I watched Drifters myself personally, the first two episodes. I didn't find it. I guess the animation quality was good. I didn't really find it that exciting. Um, I don't think it would really be getting that much attention if uh, Kota Hirano wasn't the creator of it, uh, and it didn't have that Helsing connection. Uh, a lot of the appeal comes from. You know, just relying on all these usual Sengoku era Japanese history tropes. It's like, yeah, I get it. You guys love Oda Nobunaga. I guess yeah, I saw a gold statue of that guy. Or... He's pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> but but still, it, it you know it embodies that kind of pre-built hit um, kind of formula that that we're, we're familiar with, and and of course it's it's been a hit in in those key markets. Um, and yet it's the representation is pretty low in Canada. It's in the Yukon also. You know, sparsely populated with, with and is going to have a more erratic results. And Manitoba, um, which to be fair, by 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 a U.S. standard, would be like saying like Wyoming. It's just as kind of um, you know, there aren't necess- you know the the major. It's not you do not have one of the major major cities of Canada in there other than well, there's a capital of a province there. Like what well, is capital of uh, territory in Yukon? Come on, yeah. like doesn't yeah <laughs> yeah. But I, I just I, I just find it kind of kind of interesting how in those in the key provinces uh, and also New Brunswick I forgot to mention is also is also high Q. Um, like the most Fujoshi of Fujoshi shows is uh, like just totally dominant and it it kind of goes back to that you know sort of generalized but also kind of valid perception that the anime market uh, is there's sort of there's sort there's sort of a um, a gender focus split between the two. You have the U.S., which is more grounded in, you know, DBZ and Cowboy Bebop as their cultural phenomenon, and then it's Sailor Moon and Inuyasha here. 
Um, I know we've talked about this endlessly on previous episodes, and I, I think we've we've taken it apart to the point where uh, you you can't generalize this stuff too much. But um, I mean that if we take these maps at face value, I mean, that's kind of what I see here. I that, like Canada is like an overwhelmingly female um, female dominated Fujoshi oriented market. Well, especially the other things that show up, which is like All Out, which again yeah. gets that yeah. All Out purpose, like, purposing. I don't think that anybody's um, watching. I didn't. I didn't even think anyone was watching All Out. Uh, yeah, I, and like then, the Twitter, I mean, the Twitter be... reaction to that show that I saw. Uh, I mean, it was really hyped up. People thought it was going to have like guys with with really detailed butts in it, and then like the reaction I saw was that there weren't enough butts in episode one, and then everyone stopped talking about it. But uh, <laughs> clearly in Canada, was, not everybody stopped talking about it. I, I guess. Yeah, it's it is rather um interesting to see. Yeah, there is definitely the, the Canadian map is definitely like much more Fujo in tone. And really, I mean, the only the only strictly the, the things, the two shows that are kind of like, I guess, relatively mainline is, is the Gundam. Yeah, and it's even Gundam it, Northwest Territories. Yeah. And even and yeah, it's yeah, it's one way up in the Northwest Territories. And two, even like Gundam shows have always had a bit of certainly as of late have had their Fujoshi contingent. And Drifters, which is like, okay, the show that everybody expects to be big is big. Big deal. A quick note about Northwest Territories. I was totally expecting them to be Keijo. Um, because a few, a few, <laughs> a few months ago, a, a few months ago, Vice released this map showing the top, uh, porn searches in each Canadian province. And Northwest Territories, uh, was, was hentai. They were the only one that got hentai. So I, 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 I was pretty not gonna it's gonna be Keijo. They're not gonna. They're not gonna bother with Keijo then, because they're already getting their, Like they're already going for the raw, uncut. You know why are they? You know it's, it'd be like. You know uh, their top. Their top. Their top searches were for cocaine. So clearly they love coffee. It's like no, they've already gone. Gone straight to the punch here. I I think that people still, uh, generally kind of understand that the markets in the UK, Australia, and the US are are different. They're all grounded in in different history. You know in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have their ho- their own history with what's aired on TV. Like Evangelion was a really large component of the f- the fan base there when it was forming. And then in the UK, you have that whole history grounded in like manga manga entertainment kind of shock videos and <laughs> and, and get and, that uh, 18 rating. Yeah, and words. <laughs> yeah, this ain't no Mickey Mouse. And, oh yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> that's really all you. That's really all you need to say. Yeah, it's anime, motherfucker. <laughs> And hentai that was edited down to an 18 rating just to keep the the extreme video kind of appeal going, and then and then like Channel Four would have like late night innings of like Fist of the North Star and stuff, all that that kind of uh, weird off kilter um, underground stuff is kind of rooted in the the UK. But I think more than ever now, people are kind of generalizing the, the U.S. and Canadian market. Um, and this map just kind of shows that. There is a difference that uh, I that you know that, that really uh, should be acknowledged more. I mean, I guess. Yeah. No. I mean, if you were to if you were to if you were to actually have just a North American map, I mean, excluding Mexico because that'd be a whole other thing still. But if you just English speaking North America map, and we can so we can even take Quebec out of it if we'd like, um, you would either you would still be like there's this borderline between the two two regions because the only thing that would have bled over in that borderline is Yuri on Ice. Everything else. Uh, well, if you take out Quebec, then yeah. Oh yeah, you actually you, you don't even have that. You have this sort of here's all this other stuff, and then yeah, Haiku. The only the only the only spot where that's showing up are things that are either too small to show on the map or uh, what is that state? Illinois, Chi Town, Illinois. But, yeah. 
I, you know what? I got to double. I, I got to. You know, I know. What? I'm going to double down on uh, Obama the Fuchoshi now, or Fudanchi, because Illinois, he's shy town. Mm-hmm. You know, DC. You know, unless I mean, the other thing is, is like, I guess drill rappers are into to to high <laughs> I really shouldn't say that. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. I, I hear a Lupe fiasco uh, uh, is responsible for a lot of the high Q hits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I'm just really glad that Crunchyroll did this, and I hope that they continue to do more and maybe do more each season, so we can maybe see see trends, even if these are like really simplified. Maybe not super informative uh, I know graphs, that, but I know they yeah. probably can't give us too much. But I would like to see these, like at least for the start and end of each season. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'd like to see four episodes in, and then I'd like to see everybody's thirteens of run or twelves yeah. or whatever, but, whatever, whatever runs them out. I'd like to see that, and then ideally awaited. So if there's some sort of screwball thing where you know something has thirteen episodes and therefore by default have more views, like it's taking an average over the set of episodes. But overall, um, I'm just I'm just glad that they're going against that you know Silicon Valley trend of sort of uh, homogenizing international markets and just kind of highlighting these differences. Um, well, I don't think it's that, that they're homogenizing. I think it's that they're showing that in fact that they know that they don't have a homogenous. Like they're obviously looking at this data. Yeah. They had to to build these maps and are and are probably seeing it's like this may explain why they are trying to license such a breadth of things because they understand that in any place that they operate. Um, okay, different things in, are working in different places. Internally, they know that, but the overall sort of perception that they build around their brand is um is, is just that that idea of how of, of of things being offered as as similarly everywhere as possible, with not a lot of acknowledgement for regional tastes. And this is like a rare acknowledgement that different countries have you know their own histories that influence what's popular based on when and where specific titles first appeared and how that continues to influence audiences to this day and will continue to influence audiences going going forward as well. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of thing that interests me the most and what I kind of want to focus the show on more because I, I don't think that that's, that's, that's getting enough attention, especially between the U.S. and Canada right now. I mean, actually, this is a separate rant I was going to go on. Uh, Funimation totally dropped their ball on their, their uh, retail release of Escaflone. Uh, yeah, speaking of... Speaking of, of companies that you have to ask why they're doing what they're doing. So I ordered my, you know, collector's edition set of that show um, on, online, but I checked it like Walmart and at Best Buy, London Drugs, all the major retailers where you'd expect to see, you know, the mainstream anime titles show up. Nobody had it. Nobody was carrying it. They had like, there were limited supplies at HMV uh, that sold out very quickly. And, and that's about it. Um, and it's weird because I have seen like wall stuff in Walmart recently. It was a little bit like I've been, I've been, I saw like I can't remember what it was a box set for, but I was like, oh, that's a bit of an unusual take. Got, at my local Walmart here in Canada. They got like Naruto uh, and Hunter Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah Hunter Hunter. Adult like, Swim ah. stuff. Adult Swim stuff is showing up there. Cowboy Bebop and Space Dandy were everywhere when they came out, despite the fact <laughs> that they did not air on. Well, no, they did not air on basic cable here. Um, I mean, obviously, Cowboy Bebop has a lot of cultural traction in the U.S. Ask your average Walmart customer. In the U.S., if they've heard of Cowboy Bebop, you know, good chance you'll hear a yes. No, like you're nobody, like no, none of you, nobody in your average main crowd is going to know about Cowboy Bebop in Canada. It never got the exposure here, and yet yes, here, guys, is a popular meme. <laughs> spoiler conscious. For the home video, the two markets are being treated like exactly the same without any any type of consideration. Escaflone, you could argue that it made as much impact in the U.S. with seven episodes as it did in Canada. Sure. 
But, I mean, the fact is it ran on TV here for a solid two years during the height of the Pokemon phenomenon. Um, so <laughs> you put it in Walmart, it's going to sell. That It has a lot of traction. Uh, and, you know, as a m- more mature title, it, it actually kind of single-handedly did a lot of the heavy lifting that Toonami shows did in the U.S. as well. I'll have to check our local Walmart now that we have one. You know what? Maybe, maybe well, I'm that's wrong. That's right, L.A. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we have one in Burbank now. See, it would especially sting if they got it in Walmart in the U.S., but not Canada. But, that would be so harsh. <laughs> I'll bet you that when they sold those um, releases to Walmart uh, at a wholesale level, they probably gave them, like, materials that said, as seen on Adult Swim, when they sold them to Walmart Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you anything. I do know the, the Akame Got Kill box set does say, as seen on Tsunami on it. Yeah. I want to point, um, can I, real quick, I also watched Magical Girl Raising Project. Oh, and, yeah. Nowhere on any map, goose eggs. I've I've heard I've seen a few people talking about it in like mainly a discourse kind of fashion with that whole deconstructing the magical girl and. Oh yeah, it, the, Monica has uh, such a long tail, and like the the shows that are inspired by it just keep on coming. Like it's another, you know, it, it, it opens up with a bunch of a bunch of magical girl corpses. Like in the first scene, the close of, of a bloody hand, and then the second scene is an aerial shot of all these dead magical girls. Um. But yeah, so I just I, I wrote in my notes I, I called it Magical Girl Tech Bubble. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, everyone gets turned into a magical girl thanks to uh, an app uh, that uh, <laughs> they, they play a game and there's a one in ten thousand chance that they get turned into a magical girl. And the main character of this uh, does, and uh, she meets up in this online. The there's the the app has a chat room where she can meet the other local magical girls. And uh, uh, long story short, uh, they they got us. There's one in ten thousand, the odds are too good that you're going to be a magical girl. So the uh, the uh, the company that runs the app now has to start killing him. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's okay. It's I, I don't know if I'd watch any more episodes of it though. Oh man, I, that's I, the, just it is a dark magical girl show. Yeah, the aspect people seem to be latching onto is the fact that like the magical girl identities are all like literally any kind of person. Like there are some that are actually men in real life. There are some that are. Like old oh yeah, that's the, the other main character is a is a boy who ever since he was a boy loved magical girls and now he is also a magical girl. Yeah, so it's it seems to be giving a lot of material for for bloggers from, from what I've seen. Uh, but uh, no classicaloid on any of these maps. Did you see that one? I've <laughs> no, heard ba- I did not. I've heard bad things. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. any any other shows you guys wanted to talk about before we wrap up? Did anybody watch uh, March Comes In Like a Lion? No, I should. But I haven't yet. Uh, again, I, I'll, I have I'll a be... feeling I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I feel like again, and I, to be interestingly, even though I'm really, absolutely adore Honey and Clover as a manga and as an anime, um, amazingly, I have not read any of March Comes in Like a Lion, so I'm in that position of being like, again, if I start this, I know I'm not gonna drop it until I'm caught up. I'm just like, leave it be, leave it be till after I get other stuff done. I, I think <laughs> you might be better off sticking with the manga. Um, they, they directed the hell out of this show, but it's done by Shaft, and their whole approach just, like, I haven't read the manga, but I can kind of tell by watching it that the way that they're directing it is just completely out of sync with what, how the original comic is and what the original comic is trying to convey. There's a huge dissonance between their approach to it in, in, uh, in, in, in the medium of anime and how the comic is, is and was probably supposed to be. It's, I find that very distracting kind of experimenting all this with all this directorial stuff on top of the source material um and it just never meshes so i 
I don't know. I might watch more, but I it it, it left me kind of cold. I was just I, I I I can only really shrug at the final result, really. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I, was, I, I will say that I feel like this season, more so than others, there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to at least get an episode in of. Um, while I was in Japan, I caught by accident, I think, first or second episode of Show by Rock, which was interesting enough, not understanding most of it, that I, I would then turn around and watch some of the actual Crunchyroll stuff. And it's, I can see why that was actually on at, a, at an hour I could catch, but not also, um, it, it's not set- also, it's Sanrio's attempt at Moe, so yeah, it's kind I, of a I, weird I, middle I ground. It's in a weird middle ground, so it's like it ran at like 10 at night, but it was also, um, yeah, like I said, it's like it certainly wasn't going to run at 10 in the morning either. I like how 10 at night is considered early time slot. Yeah, well, I mean, me, it's like there's just nothing on. Like that, like a really big takeaway is there was anywhere near primetime television. Mm-hmm. It was just talk shows on all the broadcast networks, every last one. Uh, as best as I could tell. Yeah, um, even dramas but, uh, have been have been uh, like yeah, there's displaced, no dramas even. Di- displaced by uh, by variety shows on on Japanese TV too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we bitch about reality here. We have no clue. Yeah, <laughs> in, in Canada or the U.S., we just have no clue how how fucking bad that can get. Um, but I, what I will say about it is, uh, you know, uh, with, about Show by Rock specifically is I do like the the. The setting, like the midi city and all this sort of musicy accoutrements they've attached to everything. Um, really, as a musician, just fun world building. Like it ultimately means nothing. Like <laughs> just not attached with any actual depth, but it's very cute. Uh, cool. and yeah, the last, the last show I had, um, was Miss Bernard Said, which is a new, uh, a new short one, which is pretty entertaining. That was great. That yeah. was. I mean, that is uh, a book nerd's dream, and it's also very brisk because there's no way in hell. Like, 22 minutes of that would be painful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But seven is, is or whatever it is, is great. Like, it's just lots of great jokes and references to various writers. Like, they do this whole Haruki, Murika- Har- Haruki Murakami bit that's just, I have yeah. me dying. Yeah, like, the, just, Jesse, Jesse can attest to, like, we watched that, came over, we watched that, and I'm just fucking can't breathe. He was. So true. good. Um, yeah, the, the show is basically about, uh, this girl who is obsessed with uh, with books in just about every sense. She loves, uh, you know, the different editions and the different covers. And you know, in Japan, there's a whole dimension with the different translations that come out and how the translations compare with each other. She loves all of these little details, but she doesn't actually care about reading the content at all. Yes, she's she only does, about she aesthetic. Read any of these books, she just yeah. so whenever she's trying to ape anything from these books, it perfectly smacks of somebody who's heard what they're about but it's never <laughs> yeah but the, the funny thing is is that all of those aspects of books still give you plenty to talk about and obsess over as well oh i watched an episode of blood of wars oh right I, oh right i was gonna ask you blood of wars that's <laughs> yeah, the the, yeah. Japan, the chinese co-production yes it's uh, animated in shanghai uh it's a japanese chinese co-production um i i kind of blanked out part way through but i i mainly remember uh uh it does have sock boobs <laughs> And uh, like I, I don't like, know why like, they, like they were stuffing like their bra or that like they move like no, a stuff. when I mean when I say sock boobs I mean uh when when the ind- each individual breast is like the clothing caresses it like a tube sock so that it <laughs> yeah. out of the shirt you know <laughs> yeah just I hadn't heard that term that's, yeah <laughs> that's it, it just reverse that super lazy way of uh of of animating clothing quite a few shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so someone coined it uh, when we were talking about uh, 
uh, High School of the Dead. That's oh. I think it was on Ancast. I can't remember who what it, what it was uh, or who who said it, but yeah, when they said sock boobs, I'm like ah yes, that's perfect. Um, I don't know why it's called Bloodivores as opposed to like vampires. The the original translated title in Chinese is Time Prisoners. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't help but be kind of curious about a t- about a show called Bloodivores. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> if you're otherwise mediocre. You better have a name like Blood of Wars so you stand out. But oh, yeah. otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, how are you going to know what's the most, you know, you're not going to get to be the most popular show in none of it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> that is the goal for, for every, they should do that in the production committee scenes in Girlish Number. We got, we're going to be big in none <laughs> going, of <it>. over the, <laughs> going over the numbers and being like, was there any place where we are the top show right now? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it just shows the Canada map. <laughs> oh. Uh. Hey, I, I, I maintain that uh, anime and remote communities, I think it's a very interesting subject. I think I, I need to look I into that. I agree. But, yeah. I think you need to get somebody, like, if you can, I want, it would be an incredibly compelling episode if you can get somebody uh, from the Northern Territories and Nunavut and these other oh, places. Oh, exactly, exactly. And go into that. I, and then I, I think it would be even more interesting that if in the future there's a, a con way up north. That would be that would be the most interesting con. I'm surprised that no one started a con in the interior BC, uh, even that hot, far north. I think that would actually. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, because yeah. flights are because flights are miserably expensive. Yeah, yeah and but it you sucks know what? To drive any of that stuff. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's easier to find somebody in none of it to talk about anime on the show um, than it would be to find somebody, a French-speaking person in Quebec, who can talk about the older stuff that aired on Radio Canada, because that cultural barrier is so strong. I mean, I always think of anime as like this, uh, a cultural bridge for so, for, for so many, in so many, that can function in so many ways for so many groups. But between English and French Canada, it's just like, that bridge is just co- completely collapsed. Um, would it be okay if I go, if I wanted to talk about something? Uh, it's, uh, I hope it's not too large of a tangent. Oh, uh, sure. Okay, just, um, uh, I was at a Kiva Fest recently, which is a, uh, it's basically a, an anime con here. Uh, it was in here in Los Angeles. It's like anime convention meets farmer's market, uh, is basically how it was set up. And, uh, we saw some of the panels and, uh, it, it could not be more apparent that, uh, the, uh, anime streaming war appears to be finally over and, uh, the winner is Crunchyroll. Uh, we saw the Funimation panel. They're basically just doing home video and simul dubs now. Uh, they share all their stuff with uh, Crunchyroll. Um, it's uh, it's going to be uh, 2017 is going to be a very interesting year because now that the the two biggest companies that were fighting over streaming rights and pushing the prices sky higher have now teamed up. So uh, those price those licensing fees are probably going to collapse again. Yeah, I'm not expecting uh, there to be uh, by 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 autumn 2017. I don't think. There's going to be 70 shows. <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to see 70 shows. Yeah. I don't think that means that the remaining 30 or whatever are going to be that much nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Other than like, other than they may have at least not be in a person, like a raw personnel shortfall, such that that's why they're missing deadlines. Yeah. They'll just be the you're paying them garbage, so people don't give enough of a fuck to meet the deadlines. Reason for missing deadlines. Mm-hmm. Um. Because passion will only take you so far before you're like, I'm starving, and I've I have had every flavor of instant noodles from the family mart, and I want to die. Um, <laughs> there is a, there, you know, like yeah, I think I think we're going to see the amount of money that had been flooding in the industry change. I kind of hope with that, specifically in the Canadian cases, 
you know, we had thought that maybe because you'd have this competition here, maybe Funimation would continue to make things available, make their back catalog available for free. And we're now in this position where the back catalog is going to be in one place. And in Canada, that back catalog is now, uh, that, that deep back catalog will be subscription only. Um, unless they get back into ad supported streaming up here. And I will be very curious to see if as Funimation stuff comes up here or comes on to Crunchyroll service, do we eventually get back in Canada standard death, uh, free streaming of the back catalog or does eventually this uh no back catalog stuff start spreading to other markets like is this is canada going to stay this weird island for crunchy roll or you know does being market dominant now let them say to the advertisers look we we have the eyeballs for this period um so you want to advertise with us and they can they can and between the shows not costing them as much to acquire and uh, being able to command more for their ad uh, dollars, you know, can they can they get back into that market here? Uh, you know, um, that's the big question. And obviously, the whole purpose or one of the main uh, reasons behind the the Funimation and Crunchyroll partnership is that it helps them compete with the pirate streaming sites like Kiss Anime. Uh, mm-hmm. But an important thing about being able to compete with those sites is that you have to give everyone access um, and. You know, if, if somebody can't watch a sh- uh, you know a year old show on Crunchyroll and then just link their friend who doesn't have an account to it and say, hey, check this out. I mean, you're not going to be like, but you can't. The problem is that you can do that with the with the the pirate streamings and well, and you can do that with Crunchyroll in America. Like that's the weird part. Yeah, is, exactly. Yeah, I yeah. can be now, and maybe you say, and maybe this gets back to Canada's a small enough thing. They're just not terribly worried about the money they're leaving on the table, other than. Uh, you know, it does, at least in Canada, like, legitimize this, like, well, I can't get access to this stuff for free if it's older than this. And I know that, um, Miles has gone into great detail on Twitter, uh, Miles from Crunchyroll. Many, they, many times, yeah. Many, many yeah. times about most of the pirate streaming being of, uh, current season stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, this seems like in a wall that you can choose to shut down, um, if you need to. Now, maybe they've, I'd have to think they've run some, some very clever math on it. But uh, it's just annoying. It's annoying to be like, well, I don't care. You know, I'm in a position where I don't have to care about the 70 bucks a year for what Crunchyroll uh, costs. Um, but I think uh, if you want to make sure that your younger viewership is uh, coming to you first, it's really useful if they can get access to ad-supported streaming in standard definition of your catalog, back catalog content. Um, it is a very fast way of choking out your... your uh, uh, your pirate con- competitors or reducing their long-term uh, mm-hmm. viability, um, well, which is that... something, which is also something Crunchyroll should know given their roots as a <laughs> yeah. quasi league. To be fair, Crunchyroll more than anyone else should also understand the value of using free content as a means of establishing a business and understand that that's not a non-zero threat from their competitors, especially if they're willing to say, like, we'll operate on the black market and take whatever weird ad money we can get. They, mm-hmm. The idea that you're going to uh, somehow crush out these guys, um, you, you're a tech company, you know why that doesn't work. And you're a tech company that came out of the same roots as these guys, you double know why that doesn't work. Yeah, also the pirate streaming site, I don't know how, what they pay for licenses, but pirate streaming sites don't pay for for licenses yeah. and right. hopefully that if those li- if those prices come down for crunchy and funimation then that will decrease their operating expenses overall yeah i mean the, the, the big i'm sure uh for them their biggest expense is is 
it may may actually be the licensing. They they may be paying more on that than even what uh, what de- what devs and bandwidth cost them because that stuff has gotten uh, you know developers have gotten more expensive, but the bandwidth and, and storage has, has gotten cheaper, and the dev cost of managing those things in some ways has gotten cheaper because you can offload so much of the the tricky parts to companies like Cloudflare and and Amazon AWS and all these things that uh, simplify these costs. Um, however, unfortunately, these things are absolutely within the realm of being leveraged by totally sketchy uh, piracy, piracy sites, and they didn't also pay for the license. So, um, yeah, hopefully lower license fees means they can look into ad-supporting streaming here in Canada again. Um, yeah, hopefully that works. I mean, ad-supported streaming, it, it barely works here. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Hulu got rid of free Hulu, um, mm-hmm. as has been... Uh, Reported, uh, vinyl records make more money than ad supported streaming here. Yeah, uh, no, which, um, I, I would have never thought, but, uh, is that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Crunchyroll has been pretty tight lipped about this whole thing to this day. Uh, they're not letting a lot of details slip out about kind of the whole nature of the decision and whether or not they're going to go back on it. So, um, I want to say there's a lot of wait and see, but we might never see <laughs> this. We, we, we could be in the dark about this for a long time. Let's leave it there for today. Uh, guys, th- as always, uh, big thanks for coming on. Sure. No <laughs> well, we may have had a little too much fun with this episode, but I hope you enjoyed it. The theme song, of course, is by Ultraclystron, which you can purchase as part of his album Packet Flood at ultraclystron.com. You can reach me through Twitter at Canada or email zonncanada at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes or on your podcast app of choice. As always, please recommend the show to anyone you think might be interested. See you again!